0: It's March 18th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver.
1: And I'm Chris Cotnor.
0: Our top story today, British military intelligence has reported that Russia has largely stalled on all fronts. As the conflict enters its fourth week, Ukrainian resistance has remained stiff, even in places where Russia has greater control. However, as we've reported, the failure to gain ground has caused Russia to change tactics and switch to surrounding and shelling cities, often hitting civilian infrastructure. The World Health Organization's Healthcare Attacks Dashboard reports that there have been 34 attacks on healthcare facilities alone.
1: Yesterday, Russian missiles hit Lviv, destroying an aircraft repair plant. While no casualties have been reported, these attacks on Lviv are important. Lviv is in the far western part of the country and has been a key point in refugee humanitarian aid and weapons transit. It also serves as a fallback seat of the government in the event of the loss of Kiev. Only 50 miles from the Polish border, more conflict there could lead to accidents and the spread of conflict...
0: In a press conference with the U.S. Secretary of Defense, the Defense Minister of Slovakia said that Slovakia is willing to provide the air defense systems Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky requested in his speech to Congress, but said that they would only do so if they would be backfilled. This is similar to the deal that Poland was hoping for when they offered their fighter jets to the United States.
1: While both sides continued to indicate that progress was being made in peace talks, there is significant skepticism to go around. First, Putin's recent speeches and conversations made it hard to believe that he's interested in peace. Second, the Ukrainians have stood strong for their territory prior to the 2014 invasion of Ukraine and are seeking a ceasefire before the real breakthroughs can happen in the peace process. We'll continue to track these talks.
0: In some positive news, the Ukrainian government said eight out of nine agreed evacuation corridors functioned as planned on Thursday, including one out of Mariupol. 36 tons of food and medicine were delivered to towns north of Kyiv, which have seen significant shelling from the Russian military.
1: U.S. President Joe Biden will hold a call on Friday with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. The Biden administration has issued public and private warnings that Beijing would face dire consequences if it provides material support to Russian President Vladimir Putin's war. President Biden will be speaking to President Xi tomorrow and will make clear that China will bear responsibility for any actions it takes to support Russia's aggression, and we will not hesitate to impose costs, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken told a news briefing. Meanwhile, Cheng Guoping, Commissioner for Foreign Affairs and Security Affairs at China's Foreign Ministry, met with Andrei Denisov of Russia and exchanged views on bilateral counterterrorism and security cooperation according to the statement.
0: Uzbekistan said it will not recognize the pro-Russian separatist-controlled districts in Ukraine's Donbass, known as the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics and has called for a peaceful solution to end Russia's unprovoked attacks against Ukraine. Uzbekistan is the second country in Central Asia, a region often allied with Russia, to break ranks with Moscow over its unprovoked attack. Earlier in March, Kazakhstan denied a request from Moscow to provide troops for the offensive in Ukraine and also stated that it did not recognize the Kremlin-backed separatist republics.
1: The UN Security Council will no longer vote on Friday on a Russian-drafted call for aid access and civilian protection in Ukraine, as Russia's UN envoy accused Western countries of a campaign of unprecedented pressure against the measure. Diplomats said the Russian move would have failed, with most of the 15-member council likely to abstain from a vote on the draft resolution because it did not address accountability or acknowledge Russia's invasion of its neighbor nor did it push for an end to the fighting or withdrawal of Russian troops.
0: Another round of sanctions has been announced by Canada, Australia, and Japan. Canada is imposing new sanctions on Belarusian leadership, including 22 senior officials of Belarus's Department of Defense. Australia broadened its sanctions against Russia on Friday to include 11 additional banks and government entities, as well as billionaires Oleg Deripaska and Viktor Velksberg. Australian Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said that the majority of Russia's banking assets were now covered by sanctions, as well as all of the entities that handle Russia's sovereign debt. Japan will impose sanctions on 15 Russian individuals and nine organizations, it said today. The sanctions, which include the freezing of assets, are Japan's latest measures since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They now cover 76 individuals, seven banks, and 12 other bodies in Russia.
1: The Bank of England is hiking base interest rates from 0.5% to 0.75% due to the persistent growth in inflation exacerbated by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The bank also condemned Russia's invasion and the suffering inflicted on Ukraine, it said it's working closely with the UK government to support its response and coordination with international authorities.
0: Coupon payments on Russian sovereign bonds due this week were received by correspondent bank J.P. Morgan. The payment received was a U.S. dollar payment, the source said. The payments were widely seen as the first test of whether Moscow could meet its obligations after Western sanctions hobbled its financial dealings. You can read the full story at Reuters.
1: Twitter said Wednesday that its interventions against Russian state media have successfully limited the reach of that content. Reducing it by 30% on the platform. Twitter has removed more than 75,000 accounts since the invasion for attempted platform manipulation and inauthentic behavior, the company added, as well as 50,000 pieces of misleading content about the war.
0: Chris, what I think is really interesting about this is that Twitter could have been doing this the whole time. And they're just now, following the invasion of Ukraine, have decided to label Russian state media and reduce misinformation. And I think it's really interesting to see whether this is the beginning of a trend for social media companies or if this is isolated to just this conflict. Portugal has changed a law that grants citizenship to descendants of Shepardic Jews, which had allowed Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich to obtain Portuguese nationality. Foreign Minister Augusto Santos Silva told reporters that Portugal would implement EU sanctions against Abramovich, but would not ban him from entering the country as he is a citizen.
1: The Kremlin said on Thursday that many people in Russia were showing themselves to be traitors and pointed to those who were resigning from their jobs and leaving the country. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov made the comments after President Vladimir Putin remarked that Russia would undergo a natural and necessary self-cleansing as people were able to distinguish the true patriots from the scum and the traitors.
0: That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at the dsrnetwork.com members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these topics, tune in to our other podcast on the DSR Network, Deep State Radio, Next in Foreign Policy, and The Secret Life of Cookies, who tomorrow will be hosting Joe Serencion. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.